What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and she is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, I'm feeling good today. It's I slept last night. Like, for some reason, on Thursday nights, I normally have the worst sleep ever, but I got good sleep, and I'm just getting more and more excited about football every single day. We're less than three weeks away from the kickoff game, and I'm just pumped. What about you? I'm please. I'm freaking out about the preseason game tomorrow. So yeah, like I'm already, I'm all in already. It's absurd how like excited I am for this season, but I think this could be a really special season for the 49ers. We have a jam packed show today. It's absolutely loaded before we get into everything. though, I always say, if you take the time to leave a review on the show, we will read it. So please rate review, follow the Niners nation podcast network. This review five stars comes from Movie Swim Freak, a polished podcast for 49er updates. You know you found a quality sports podcast when even the off-season shows are entertaining. The personalities of everyone on this show are top-notch. I can get 49er news from a variety of places, but these hosts are unique people, and I genuinely enjoy listening to the episodes throughout the week. The Gold Diggers and Gold Standard are my favorites, and it's my morning routine to time my shower to the 49ers in five. I have questions about that, but we'll get to those later. (laughs) Shout out to Michelle as well, as I've also enjoyed the Ball Blast podcast. My only critique is that stats gets a little too uppity about negative comments directed towards the show. You've got a quality product here. Don't spend time focusing on the negatives and just keep being creative. On a side note, I'd encourage a Tuesday or Wednesday podcast during the season that does a comparison of the 49ers to other teams week by week. It's hard following other teams with a busy schedule. And frankly, I only care about how they stack up with the Niners. Call it stacked up and get Levin and Michelle to be stat geeks with a time limit of 10 minutes. And Rob gives a score breakdown to decide the weekly winners. You up for that, Michelle? I love that he put in there, like, make sure there's a time limit. because they <laughs> Neither of them will stop talking if you don't put the limit. I mean, it sounds like a blast. It sounds like a good time. We'll see if uh, we can do anything with that. I mean, it sounds like a cool show idea. Uh, maybe that's a new stats to figure that out. I've, I'll consider it. Um, but I will say, if you are looking for you know, more information about the teams the 49ers play every week. Starting this year, we're going to do a Saturday show. I'm going to host it. It's going to be called The Crossover. We did it last year in the playoffs and down the stretch when the games really, you know, started to ramp up. It's going to be me with someone that covers the 49ers opponent for that week. It's just going to be a 10-minute show, and it's just going to be, you know, questions back and forth, what to expect, who's out, that type of thing. But it'll catch you up on everything you need to know. So if that's what you're looking for, you will have it this year. I love it. Yeah. And uh, not so much. We won't get into other games happening that week, but every every week on our Friday show, we get into the opponent pretty deeply because of the research that I bring from the, you know, I already had to do it for work. So I kind of bring that (laughs) along and say, you know, what to look for with the other team and how they might stack up against the 49ers. So we really dig into that too every Friday. I cannot wait until we're in season. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. It's <laughs> There's like a rhythm once you get into this season. It's uh, it's so reassuring. And then all of a sudden it's like you hit on the accelerator of life and you look up and it's week 12 and you're like, what the hell is happening? It's sort of crazy how it all comes together. All right. Like I said, we have a huge show today. There's a new potential trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to get into that. Michelle has some trivia questions for me, which I cannot tell you how excited I am. I absolutely freaking love trivia. So thank you for that. There's uh, the joint practices with the Vikings that we're going to recap. 
a big injury for the Niners and one Michelle just likes to pick out a safety on the 49ers and just bash them to the ground. <laughs> Jaquaski tarts no longer here. So she needs a new target. You have found it. So we'll get to all of that on today's show. And, and you're sending me hate mail about Jaquaski tart as well. Listen, I mean, there's already reports coming out from, you know, this was from Zach Berman and Bo Wolf from the athletic talking about Jaquisi Tart allowing another big play in practice. <laughs> and it was from a tight end I've never even heard of in my life, Miller Forstel, I guess, a Browns tight end. But they also went on to say, hard for me to give you much reason for optimism in Tart at this point, other than a track record of solid play in the NFL, which that doesn't exist, but okay. <laughs> Tart missed time last week for personal reasons, but Gannon suggested he's not behind, blah, 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 blah. But basically they're getting to that. They're projecting him not to make the 53 man roster at this point. You know, I, I'm just, you know, I don't really know just what to say, say about that. Just say I told you so. <laughs> Go ahead. I know it, you. It's, it's coming out of you already. I told you so. I told you so. All right. Let's get to the potential trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo, because I have been all over this thing since it started and people as with most things that I bring up, they tell me I'm crazy. They tell me I'm conspiracy theorist, whatever. Tom Brady walked away from Buccaneers camp. And originally when this happened, we were told he was going to come back after the second preseason game. It was all planned. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about the fact that the guy that's been all in on football for his entire life is suddenly leaving in the middle of training camp. Nothing to see here. Now, Todd Bowles talks about it yesterday, and he says, well, we don't really know when Tom Brady's going to come back. We'll see, but I'm not worried about it. This is sketchy as hell, Michelle. And I really think there's a good chance that Tom Brady never comes back to the Buccaneers. Remember, he doesn't want to play for them. He was moving heaven and earth to go to the Miami Dolphins with Sean Payton. And the only reason that did not happen is because Brian Flores sued the Miami Dolphins. That's the only reason he doesn't want to be in Tampa Bay. And Mike Florio has been all over this thing, too. And he pointed out the absences did not begin on August 11th. OK, Brady missed August 3rd because it was his birthday. That was supposedly a planned day off. He missed August 4th. He missed August 5th, all for personal reasons. Then he comes back and practices for four days, and then he leaves again. To me, I don't think Brady wants to be there. I think he tried to push through it, and then he realized, you know what? This just isn't working for me. I don't think he's going to come back, Michelle. And if he doesn't come back, the Buccaneers need a quarterback, and I know of a guy that they could have for very, very little. Listen, at first I was thinking people are overreacting, having a meltdown. I did think it was weird he was taking a break and that they said it was planned, but they didn't announce it way earlier. Like you could have got ahead of this if this was actually planned. And personally, I would have been fine if Tom Brady wanted to take a planned vacation. Dude deserves it. If he wanted to go, you know, have a summer vacation with his kids and his wife before they go back to school, whatever. But how is it a planned vacation? And now all of a sudden there's no date to return. Like if you, <laughs> <laughs> like you have a date to return back to work when you take a vacation. So now it's becoming every day gets weirder and weirder and they're giving us nothing. So people are speculating and I, it's almost worse. Like the speculations that are coming out, there's some wild ones out there and it's like, you what is it? Because I feel like it can't be worse than whatever we're speculating. Like maybe just get it out. Just tell us. Here's the interesting thing. The first day that he missed was August 3rd. 
What happened on August 2nd? That's when the punishment for the Dolphins Mm. came down. So the day before Brady walks away, all this stuff comes out that says they were tampering with Tom Brady and they were tampering with Brady when he was with the Patriots and they were tampering with Brady when he was with the Buccaneers. You telling me that's all a coincidence? That's the biggest coincidence I've ever freaking heard of. So now the question becomes, and oh, by the way, 17 days after Brady unretired, Bruce Arians walked away. Brady got Bruce Arians out of there. This whole thing stinks. I think the Buccaneers are going to need a quarterback. Sorry, I don't think that Trask is the answer there for the Bucs or Blaine Gabbert. God, 49er fans know Blaine Gabbert's (laughs) not the answer. I think this is a legitimate opportunity for the Niners to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And now we could be in a weird thing, Michelle, with with the Buccaneers and the Browns potentially in a bidding war. I don't think the Browns are even looking Jimmy Garoppolo's way. So I think we're fine there. I don't think there's a bidding war. It's only 11 game suspension for Deshaun Watson, which is too short. Disgusting. Yeah. But I don't know why they would go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo at that point. And Jimmy shouldn't even want to go there. That's going to be a headache for that first 11 weeks. And then when he comes back, you lose your job to a, you know, a gross guy. Anyways, like, That seems like a really bad situation all around, but they have Jacoby Brissett. They can get through 11 games with him. It's a pretty easy schedule. Like there's no reason for the Browns to trade for him, but the Buccaneers cannot, like you said, cannot go into the season with Blaine Gabber or Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has been performing very poorly and I know they like Blaine Gabber, but stop it. Like you're not going to do anything with him. And this team, like this roster expects to be on a winning team. I mean, Let's not forget Ryan Jensen came back for Tom Brady and then he got a really bad injury, which is really because if he came back for him and then Tom Brady ends up leaving anyways, yikes, Julio Jones just signed with that team. You think he's signing there if he thinks Blaine Gabbert is a quarterback or even Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) honestly, like he signed there to play with Tom Brady. This is kind of crappy. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Hopefully everything in uh, Tom Brady's life is okay. But if he really is just like, I don't want to play now. I'm retiring. Like, that's really shitty. I don't. I mean, look, I want everything in his life to be okay. I'm not as concerned with the reason. I just want to know if the Buccaneers want Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all I really <laughs> care about at this point. And selfishly, if Brady's not there, you can just scratch the Bucks off the list of contenders in the NFC. Just get rid of them. Like that just made the Niners path to the number one seed in the conference that much easier. But we're also what uh, 11 days away from the 49ers having to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Do the Buccaneers just say, all right, we'll wait 10 days, you know, like, well, so here's the thing. If the Niners really wanted to be stingy about it, they could in theory sacrifice a roster spot and keep Jimmy all the way up to September 10th. Cause that's when the rosters would actually lock in and his money would become for all intents and purposes guaranteed. Now they would have to cut someone that they put, might potentially want to keep so that they could have Jimmy on the roster. So they're probably not going to do that, but in theory they could, if they really wanted to screw him over. Yeah. I mean, at that point you're still just hoping for a fifth round pick at most. Right. So, I mean, just, let Garoppolo go. And then I would be interested if he, I mean, I would choose the Buccaneers in that roster over the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are another destination. Like they should really be looking at, we need a different quarterback. Cause Gino Locke or Gino Locke, 
that's perfect. <laughs> that's the worst quarterback ever. That is the worst quarterback ever, but both of them separately are really bad as well. And like the Seahawks just can't score with Gino Locke on the, oh my goodness, I just you did, did it again. again. Gino Smith <laughs> on the field, even in the preseason. And then Drew Locke is dealing with COVID. And apparently his symptoms are pretty bad. Yeah. So it, it takes a while to come back from COVID if you had bad symptoms and like just to get your, I don't know, stamina back up and feeling good. So if the Seahawks want to be contenders at all this year, which they're not going to be no matter who their quarterback is really, but I mean, maybe they're just looking to get the first overall pick next year, but they need to be looking for a different quarterback. Did you see the sign in the stands that said, we need Jimmy G? Yeah, I did. And if you're begging for him, then you're in a rough spot. (laughs) That's how you know you're desperate. And I said, I tweeted back like, hey, he might actually return a call or text since we're in season. Apparently in the offseason, there's no chance of that. So we'll keep our eyes uh, and ears open for any news on the Jimmy Garoppolo front. Um, It's nice to see contenders arising. And at least with this, like, and again, we hope everything in Brady's personal life is okay. But it'd be nice if they could move Garoppolo. Like, we didn't have to hope for somebody's knee to get shredded for them to move Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, I know we'll how disappointed you are that uh, Zach Wilson's okay. So. Yeah, I don't appreciate this stance by you, by the way. I am not and was never hoping that Zach Wilson had a torn ACL. Never, ever, ever. Okay. And the fact that you said otherwise, um, I take a little bit of offense to that. Okay. All right. I'll believe you. I never root for people to get hurt. Ever. I'll believe. Come on. What kind of a monster do you think? Don't answer that. Let's move (laughs) on. Uh, You got some trivia for me. Yes, I do. I have five questions here. And I think some of them might be easier than others, but let's just hop into it. All right. Uh, All right. My first one, you know, I'm an offensive girl, but I'm going to go with defense on this first question. There have been two games where a 49ers player had more than four sacks ever. Can you name those two instances? Now, one was a long time ago, so you're you're young. You were alive, but young. I think you're alive. Mm, uh, I don't know. It's close. How old do you think I am? I don't know. You may have not. You were a very little baby if you were alive. And then one was in the last decade-ish. I'll give you those hints. Okay. Is one Charles Haley? No. No, man. That was going to be my best guess. Played in the 80s. One is a Hall of Famer, though. Five sacks? More than four sacks. Well, yes. one is one Alden Smith. Yes, one's Alden Smith. You got that is right. Is that against the Bears in 2012? Wow, good job. Yes, he had five and a half sacks that game. That was Colin Kaepernick's first start wow. on Monday Night Football. Um, he's a Hall of Famer? Is it Bryant Young? No, it was in 1983. I was not alive in 1983. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. Okay, all right. Uh, who was it? It was Fred Dean. Six sacks. Oh, That's the most sacks by a 49ers player in a game. Second most sacks ever. Derek Thomas has the record still at seven. All right. So do I get like partial credit for that? Yeah, you get half credit for that one. Um, moving on. I think you'll get this one. Three 49ers quarterbacks have had a game with 400 plus pass yards and four plus pass touchdowns. Name those three quarterbacks. Steve Young. Yes, he did it one well, only one time. I was surprised by that. Joe Montana. Yep, he did it three times. And who's the third? Jeff Garcia. No. John Brody. No. Oh, Colin Kaepernick. No. No? No. 400 yards and four touchdowns? Yeah, four passes. Tell me touchdowns. it's not tell me it's not Jimmy G. It is. He did it once. Against he, the Cardinals. Yes, against the Cardinals oh, in 2019. He has the same God. amount of such games as Steve Young. 
that god just lie to me with statistics there you go <laughs> good lord it was those cardinals games man they couldn't run and they had to keep throwing and jimmy was that on halloween i think it was uh, i don't know it was week 11 so sounds about he right threw it to don he threw one to dante pettis a touchdown to pettis and pettis did the thriller end zone dance which i thought was actually pretty good <laughs> all right that's fantastic so i brought up jimmy garoppolo there and now i'm gonna bring him down a little bit right we yes. can't be nice to him on this pod how many touchdowns does Jimmy Garoppolo have where the ball traveled in the air 30 plus yards since 2019? So over the last three seasons, two, <laughs> two, you got it right. Check mark two. I kind of want to get into this a little bit though. Guys with the same amount of such touchdowns in this time span, Sam Darnold, Mason Rudolph, <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Devin Hodges, Devlin Hodges. You remember him Duck Hodges. for a hot second? He played like, Duck Hodges and Kyle Allen. Now there's others, but those are um those are some that have the same amount of uh 30 plus air yard touchdowns. Uh guys with more such touchdowns, Davis Mills, who was a rookie last year, he already has three. Taylor <laughs> Heineke, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones has five. Jimmy Garoppolo only has two. And then when you're just discussing the guys at the top, Patrick Mahomes has 17. Jimmy oh Garoppolo has two. That's not even the worst Jimmy Garoppolo stat I've seen. Yesterday, I saw lowest passer rating on throws of 30-plus air yards since the start of 2020. Jimmy is the lowest. Do you just guess? Do you have any idea what his passer rating on is those throws? I saw the tweet, so I'm cheating. So it's like a 2. It's like 3.5. Insane. Trevor Lawrence is second on the list at 28.2. So Jimmy Garoppolo has a single-digit Pass the rating on those throws, and yet people defend him tooth and nail. Trey Lance already has two of these touchdowns. No, one was in the preseason, one in the regular season, but still, he already has done it twice. So I think we're going to get some bigger plays out of him than we have out of Jimmy Garoppolo, which is a good thing. But this isn't just a Jimmy Garoppolo pod. We're moving on. Next question. You've done good so far, though. You're you're doing a good job. Don't sound so surprised. Uh, you're doing. I thought you would do good. I feel like you're a trivia guy. One 49ers running back has had 150 plus rush yards in a regular season game under Kyle Shanahan. Who is it? Regular season game under Kyle Shanahan, 150 yards. Yes. Jeff Wilson against the New England Patriots. It was Jeff Wilson, but not against the Patriots. Oh, uh, who was it against? It was against the Cardinals. Week 16, 2020, he had 183 rush yards. Oh, I, I know he had a big game against the Patriots when they played. I guess it wasn't that. All right. Well, at least I got the guy right. I, I'm doing okay. Yeah, and I didn't ask for the game, so you did good. Jeff Wilson. And in that game, he only had a long of 34, uh, 34 yards. So, like, Damn. he was just getting chunks and chunks and chunks, apparently. So, good for him. Um, hopefully, we can see some of these games out of Elijah Mitchell this year. And then, last question. It's not just 49ers base. It's uh, around the whole NFL. Who has, with Danny Gray, you know, balling out in practice and having his long reception i wanted to ask who has the longest reception in the nfl over the last five seasons oh man last five years so that's 2017 yeah well um what's his face for the eagles last year against the niners had that well it was like a 93 yard catch and he didn't score the touchdown and the eagles ended up was it quez watkins he had a 91-yard catch that was tied for seventh longest. Oh, man, I wasn't even close. I mean, kind of. He was top 10. That was close. You want, you want one more guess? 
I have no idea. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. No, that's a random one. That's not. No, no. But it is Juju Smith-Schuster. And oh, he's, your boy. He's tied with himself. He has <laughs> two different 97-yard receptions in his career. I wanted to bring him up because if you guys are drafting in fantasy, don't forget about him. If for some reason, he's not thought of a playmaker. He is a great playmaker when he had a decent quarterback. Like, he has not been playing with any decent quarterback now for a good three years. Don't forget about this guy. He has Patrick Mahomes. Draft him. He's He is a playmaker. I should have known you would have gone for a Steeler or a former Steeler. That's yeah, my yeah. bad. You know, yeah, yeah. like they say in poker, you, you play the man, not the cards. Well, I should have played the should have played the woman and figured out you were going to go with the Steeler. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the stuff from the two days of practice with the Vikings and a big injury for the 49ers and another safety that Michelle is going to put into the ground. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we are through two days of joint practice with the Minnesota Vikings. I didn't feel like there was a ton of news that came out of the second day. The two things that jumped out to me were, one, Brandon Ayuk saying that the practices were boring and a waste of time, and two, Fred Warner once again just stirring it up, causing a fight in practice. Adam Thielen supposedly had to be held back from coming on the field because he was mad at the Niners defense. First of all, I don't know what the hell Adam Thielen thought he was going to do because he's 6'2 and 200 pounds and Javon Kinlaw and Nick Bosa are significantly bigger than that. But just the fact that once again, Fred Warner is like, he's sending a message. It's chippy. They're physical. They're violent. And he doesn't care. That's just the tone that he is setting. Yeah, and it seems like the Vikings players had a problem with that. The uh, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, had a problem with that. And you know what? One team seems to be far more physical and practice way harder than the other. And maybe this is why the Vikings lose in close games all (laughs) of the time. Like they have a really hard time, it seems like, every season to close out those close games. Well, maybe you don't practice hard enough. And I think Kyle Shanahan loves it i think he loves it he doesn't want them to fight but he said it basically he wants you to go right up to the line until the fight breaks out he has made no secret of the fact that they are going to lean on the defense especially early in the year while trey lance has his growing pains i think kyle loves it this is exactly how they want to play i think he's using warner one of the leaders on the team to send a message establish the tone and the culture right now you come on the field against the 49ers and you're going to fuck around and find out. <laughs> I love it. I do love it. And I think the 49ers are proving, I know it's just the preseason and training camp, but I do think they're proving that they can be one of the best defenses in the league. And when you see the differences between the two on the field, I do think that's a big deal. It's not like the Vikings are, you know, the, I'm trying to think of a really bad team without somebody getting mad at me. It's not like, the the jets out there where you're facing them and you're like yeah we practice harder than them like it's like okay yeah probably you know they've been a really (laughs) bad team for a really long time it's like the vikings are always kind of in that playoff bubble they're fighting for a spot and it's nice to see how different the two are and then you can kind of see why maybe one struggles a little bit more than the other uh i I loved to read about that where it was like the vikings kind of were crying about how physical they were oh poor babies sorry minnesota get the hell out like that's gonna be the niners attitude like you don't belong on the field with us we are going to just constantly go 100 miles an hour apparently nick bosa was utterly unblockable 
you could see in some of the videos that are out there, which are hilarious. So it's like you can't sack the quarterback because it's practice, of course. So you'll see Bosa just immediately beat whoever's trying to block him. And then he kind of just like runs by the quarterback with his arms (laughs) at his side. It's just the weirdest looking thing. But you could just see him like, oh, got you again. He had like six sacks on uh, on Thursday against the Vikings. I will say these practices are making me a little bit nervous about Kirk Cousins and fantasy. I've been talking him up all offseason. I think he's going to have a great year as with Justin Jefferson, who will have a great year. But if this offensive line can't hold up, they look really bad. Now, maybe it's just the 49ers defensive line being so strong that maybe that's it. But, man, uh, uh, making me a little bit nervous about how long Kirk Cousins will have back there to throw the ball. That's what the 49ers D line does to people, honestly. Like, I don't know if the Vikings have a great offensive line, but I don't think it's as bad as it's looked. There was a cup, there was a clip of Javon Kinlaw just absolutely pancaking the guy in front of him, just driving his blocker right back into the quarterback. I just think the Niners have a bunch of dudes up front. So I, I wouldn't change your ranking too much, although I know. You're very big on changing your fantasy rankings. You can't read a fantasy magazine because too much changes in Michelle's mind. So maybe you're going to change everything. I don't know. Yeah, I've already changed a little bit since uh, our rankings show. So, you mm-hmm. know, things change. Things change. You, little, you mess with projections. Things change. Your fantasy knowledge has stayed the same since uh, the beginning of July. I'm not saying my knowledge has stayed the same. I just think that there's something to be gained by reading a fantasy magazine in July. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Call me old fashioned. I'm the old fuddy duddy in the room. You just want something to read in the bathroom. Stop it. That's it. Maybe part of it. Uh, One thing that's changed for the Niners is Jimmy Ward may not be ready to go for week one. He had a pretty bad hamstring strain, according to Kyle Shanahan, the fourth or fifth hamstring injury on the 49ers depending on what you want to count for Charverius Ward because Shanahan called it one thing the Niners called it another whatever point is Ward may be out week one the Niners are not deep at safety at all like at all I'm worried about this Michelle who's gonna fill in for Jimmy Ward it cannot be Tarverius Moore <laughs> like it just <laughs> Cannot be. Now, luckily, week one and week two are against the Bears and the Seahawks. So hopefully it doesn't really matter because you're going up against two pretty bad offenses and you should be fine regardless. But I am getting nervous that more would have to play. Now, I already said this, uh, I think, like, um, you know, before the training camp and then he ended up having some training camp. But I don't. But in 2020, the last time that more played because he tore his Achilles last year. He allowed a 152.6 passer rating in coverage, the worst among safeties that year with 200 plus coverage snaps. Guys, a perfect passer rating is 158.3, and he allowed 152.6. That means quarterbacks were almost perfect when targeting more in coverage in 2020. And then, like you, he had a nice camp, but then he comes into pre, the first preseason game and allows a very easy touchdown Smoked. to a rookie, which Romeo Dobbs has had nice reviews coming out of camp, but still allowed an easy touchdown to a rookie immediately in the week one of preseason. You're in trouble if he has to play. You should still win against these teams, but still, that's not that's not good. That's not a good spot to be in. I just feel like once again, it's like, well, okay, pass rush. You got to get there even faster now. You know, like the one thing that Ward does, he was excellent at erasing 
maybe mistakes by some of the corners the Niners had who haven't been the strongest. Well, if Ward is not there to erase those mistakes, then you just got mistakes in the secondary. Uh, hopefully, like you said, they can sneak by with a couple of weaker opponents early on. But, I mean, he has to play for them. They just they just do not have the depth there. You know, he, he did play, I think it was something like a 1,000 snaps or some crazy amount of snaps last year, more than he had ever played in his career. And so that has an effect on this year. Like it doesn't just, it's not meaningless. And so that could be part of the reason now why he's, you know, a little banged up. I am getting a little worried because you cannot, there's some positions here with the 49ers where they cannot deal with injuries. One is offensive line and another is safety. And I also don't think they can rush him back though is the issue. It can't be like, oh, you know, he's pretty much good to go. Let's put him in week one. Because no, if he re-injures that hamstring, if it's not fully healthy and he re-injures it, then he's out for like, a long time. Like he's going to miss too many important games at that point. And I, I think they need to get him fully healthy. I wouldn't mind if he missed the first two games, but I do think, you know, it's going to be a struggle. Absolutely. It's worth it to have him sit one extra week than to have him come back a week too soon and potentially have this just be a thing that dogs him all season long. Even if it's the first three weeks, like, it's okay. There's no point in rushing him back because all you're going to do is just create a bigger problem down the line. I totally agree. So I'll be watching on Saturday night what the Niners do at safety, how they look. Talanoa Hufanga better step it up is all I'm saying. Um, they did work out uh, Tayshawn Gibson, I saw. I have no – I mean, look, anybody that's available at this time of year is – they're going to have some warts, okay? If they were any good, they'd be on a roster already. Don't forget the rosters are much, much bigger than they will be by the time the season rolls around. So if you're not on a roster now, you're not really going to add much. But to me, that was a sign that, you know, you're working out of safety. Maybe that's not a good sign for Jimmy Ward being back week one. Yeah, I mean, Gibson was pretty solid safety for a while uh, here, but he's 32 years old now. I think that's kind of his issue why he's still out there. He's getting old. But they, I think they need to bring in somebody. Um, I really, you know, we were talking up Tyron Matthew this uh, off season. That would have been really nice if they yeah. could have signed him. That would have been, that would have been a game changer right there. But yeah, I, I would be okay with the Gibson signing just to bring in another vet. At least put competition out there. You can't have no competition. Maybe George Owen can step up. We'll we'll see. Definitely something to keep an eye on in the preseason. But also, you don't want to play them all that much either, because if they get hurt, you're like you already are so weak. Yeah, it's it's a bad bad situation. Put everybody in bubble wrap this week, man. I don't want to see anybody out. Nick Bosa doesn't need to play a snap in the preseason. There's no, all you're doing is just risking him getting hurt. There's nothing he can show. It's just don't even play him in the preseason. So we'll see who goes out there against the Vikings. Again, you can join us on the Instant Reaction Show. We will be live right after the game. We'll break down everything that does happen, injuries, news, all that stuff. We will be here for you on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, Twitter page, and my Twitter, uh, my Twitch page, Michelle. I don't even know how to use Twitch. I don't know. I know almost nothing about Twitch, but I have a page. Stats on fire. You can go and uh, you can watch on Twitch if that's your thing. I don't have a Twitch either, and I would have no idea how to use it. So I can't even make fun of you for being old this time because I'm right with you. I have no idea. The only social media I really use is Twitter. Like, that's it.
I barely even use Instagram. I know that's like the, what the cool kids do. They use Insta, but I'm not one. Yeah, you're older than me in that. I'm on Instagram every day, baby. I'm out there. No, I'm not. It's really just Twitter. <laughs> and Twitter really only for fantasy football and football. Like I don't, I'm not a big social media person for like friends. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see about, all about that. Michelle does not like friends. Got it. Okay. Last <laughs> thing before we go, we've got some over-unders that you've come up with. And we're going to make our picks for these over-unders. And this idea that you came up with, which is brilliant and terrifying, is that whoever gets the worst score is going to have to do something. And we're going to leave it up to you, gentle listener, to decide what that is. Although I will put the caveat in there, Michelle, I am not doing the mayonnaise again. No, and I don't think anybody wants us to do the mayonnaise again. So that's okay. <laughs> and obviously we're not going to choose anything crazy. Like I'm not getting a tattoo. I'm not doing anything permanent. Uh, I'm not shaving my head because that's way easier for a guy to do than a girl. But, you know, we'll, we'll look at the suggestions and we'll pick one that we think is bad, but reasonable, not like life altering. Would you dye your hair? No. No? No. Not I would my dye hair. my hair. Yeah, guys have it way easier, but we'll, yeah, we'll but go I through would, them. I would do it like green, like whatever. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that life, but we'll we'll figure it out. We have a whole year to get the listeners' thoughts, and we'll pick, you know, we'll pick a good one. It'll be fun. All right, you have the list. Do you want to start? Yeah, let's do it. Now, I think I'm changing one on you, but I'll get to that uh, when we get uh -huh. there. So Trey Lance, let's start with him. Over or under 4,000 passing yards this season. So, I mean, 4,000 is fair, right? I'm saying 4,000 is a good over-under. So, just for reference for people, 4,000 is 235 yards a game on average for 17 games. I will go, oh, I will go under. I think that either some combination Ooh. of the running game being really good or Lance maybe missing a game here or there. I'll take the under. Okay. I have them just at 4,000 pretty much. Like it's like 4,003 yards. <laughs> That's my projection. That's so close. And uh, I think I'll, I'm going to also take the under, but I think it's going to be really close. That's a that's a hard one. Like if I put it at forty two hundred, I would have easily said under and felt good about it. But this is a that's a hard line. I love how I made them, and I'm upset about the lines. Right. Like I don't know who your beef is with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Dio Samuel over or under thirteen hundred receiving yards. He had over fourteen hundred last year. What are you saying this year with Trey Lance? This is easy under. Easy, easy under. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo was there. Debo's year last year was so damn good. He could have 200 less receiving yards and still have an incredible season. That's how good it was. I think he's going to be right around 1,000, maybe 1,100, partly because the offense is going to change and partly because I think Brandon Ayuk is going to blow up. And so that combination, he's going to be way under 1,300. Okay, so if I put it at 1,200, am I able to do that and you still say under and I'll say over at 1,200? Man, what was what was the point of making these if you're just going to change them all on the fly? Listen, I had it at twelve hundred, but I thought you're easily going to say over then. So then I changed it to thirteen hundred. But I will take the over at twelve hundred, but I would take the under at thirteen hundred. I want to be a little different. So hold on, what is the number for Debo receiving yards? Put it at whatever you want. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. I'm taking the under. All right, I'm taking the over. Moving on. 
Brandon Ayuk over under a thousand receiving yards. Now you you know you think he's going to have the great year. So are you taking over a thousand? Over easily. Seventeen games. Brandon Ayuk. I think he's going to be Lance's number one target. Uh, they have the clear chemistry. They've had it because they've been working out together since Lance was drafted. I think that nobody has been held back more by this offense and Jimmy friggin' Garoppolo than Brandon Ayuk. He's not in the doghouse. This is the Brandon Ayuk blow up year for sure. Way over a thousand yards. I think I'm taking the under, but I think it's going to be close. But I still expect Evo Samuel to be the main guy here. I expect George Kittle to get his. I expect Trey Lance to run a lot. I expect the team to run a lot. So I'm going to take the under on IU getting a thousand. I think he's going to have a really nice year and look good. I just don't know if the volume is going to be there enough for both of these guys to have over a thousand yards. So I'm taking the under. Uh, Elijah Mitchell over under 1,200 scrimmage yards. He had 1,100 last year and he only played 11 games. Do we think, you know, he's going to stay healthy? A, because this counts. If he doesn't stay healthy, it's who cares? If you took the over and you don't hit because of health, it does not matter. It still counts against you. So over, under 1,200 scrimmage yards. This is easy for me for Mitchell. Under, 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 under. This guy cannot hold up physically. He just can't. He got banged up last season multiple times. He's already hurt now. He's missing the entire preseason, essentially. Kyle Shanahan loves to switch up his running backs. I think the combination of Mitchell's health, the other depth at the roster at the position, which I think is actually probably better than it's been in a little while. To me, I would take the under on 1,200 scrimmage yards. I don't think Elijah Mitchell is going to have 1,000 yards rushing. Under, under, under. This one is easy for me. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. It's He already is dealing with a hamstring injury. It's just like he needs to be able to stay healthy. I, I think he's the most talented running back on this team for their system. Uh, but I still think other running backs will be involved and just the health scares me. So I'm also taking the under. All right, we have two more. Nick Bosa over under 16 sacks. I have a feeling we're both going to agree here as well. Over. I've said I think Nick Bosa has a legitimate shot to get 20 sacks this year. He has looked absolutely incredible. He's not rehabbing an injury. He said last year, I'm going to come back in the best shape of my life. And he was already in incredible shape. And then he went and did it. He looks even better I think the Nick Bosa that we have seen so far is the worst Nick Bosa that we are going to see. I think he is Hall of Fame trajectory already. To me, 16 sacks, give me the over easily on this game, especially when you look at some of the crap quarterbacks the Niners are going to face this year. He's going to have games where he gets two, three, maybe even four sacks. Bosa to the moon over 16. I'm taking over as well. I think he'd lead the league in sacks. Now, since we're both taking over, let's try to do a tiebreaker here. Guess the number of sacks he'll have. Uh, I'm, I'll am i let you pick first and then I'll go. I'm going to go with 19 and a half is the record by Alden Smith. I'm going to say he will have 20 sacks on the nose. Okay. I'm going with 18. 18 sacks. Uh, and then last question. Who will have the second most sacks on the team? We just have to give our answer, our guy. Uh, so who, who do you think has the second most sacks on the team? This is a great question. I love this question. I had literally not thought about it until you asked. And I'm going back and forth. Part of me 
thinks that maybe it could be Javon Kinlaw if he looks as good as he has looked. But the problem is I think Kinlaw's pressure is actually going to help Bosa and the outside guys get sacks because Kinlaw is going to provide pressure up the middle. That's going to flush quarterbacks out to the edges. And that's where Nick Bosa lives. So I think I have to go Eric Armstead. When we've seen when they're together and healthy, Armstead can thrive. In 2019, I think it was Armstead that actually led the team in sacks, partly because of the pressure that Bosa was getting. So I will go Eric Armstead. Yeah, I thought about picking him. I was between him and another guy. So I'll go with the other guy. I'm going with Drake Jackson. I know he's just a rookie, but I think he's going to be, I think they're going to utilize him mostly like, like, when you're out there, you're rushing the passer. Like, I, I think that's going to be like his entire role. And with Nick Bosa on the other side, taking up all of the, you know, the, the double teams and the triple teams and the offense, just really focusing in on, in on him. I think he can be one of those rookies that puts up eight or more sacks. Eight sacks would kind of do it for second place on the team because Nick Bosa will be getting so many of them. I, I think, uh, Eight sacks would do it. And that's what I'm calling for Drake Jackson here. So I'm going to go with him. But I do like your Armstead pick. I think that's a safe pick. Yes. And mine's a little riskier. (laughs) Um, But I I like this. Um, I feel good about these. Well, and the other thing, too, for the Niners is they could have a team where Bosa gets, you know, 16, 18, whatever it is. And then you've got like five or six guys that have between like five and eight sacks. They might have a bunch of people with that amount of sacks because their line is so deep. Um, So, you know, just because you say second most sacks doesn't mean you're predicting Drake Jackson to have 15. Like, no, eight could easily be the number. Yeah. And that's exactly what I kind of would predict him at, at like seven or eight sacks. I think that will be second. And like you said, that doesn't mean someone else doesn't have five or six and it's right behind him. Uh, There should be a couple of those guys, but yeah, I'm going with Drake Jackson. I liked him coming out of school. I feel like it's a good prospect. I think that's going to be his entire role. So give me, give me those seven or eight Drakey. Okay. I hope that nickname doesn't catch on, but <laughs> that's a good call by you. Um, I would take that right now, by the way, you eight sacks for Drake Jackson. Yep. Sign me up. That would be a phenomenal rookie year for him. Like, Cause again, like you said, I think his, his only job this year is going to be to rush the quarterback. So I would absolutely take that. We will see. So you have to tell us. What do you want the loser of this competition to do? Uh, Michelle's going to reject a bunch of good ideas and eventually get to something, apparently. I'm willing, just so people know, I'm willing to dye my hair. I'm willing to shave my head. I'm willing to do something that's a payoff for you. But we will see. Leave it in your review on Apple Pods, or you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Stats on Fire. Michelle is at Ball Blaster. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the same Um you know, what, what What am I trying to think of up here? The same thing we have to do if we lose. Like, you can have to shave your head and then I can have Whoa, a different no, one. No, no, you know? no, no, no. It's got to be the same for both. It can be equally bad in different ways, though. Like, I'm obviously not going to shave my head. But if you are up to that, that could be your your thing. Why can I not think punishment. of the word? <laughs> what, punishment. What am I thinking of here? Punishment. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Punishment. That could be your punishment. And then mine can be something else that's also bad, but acceptable for me to do that's not going to, you know, hurt me in my, my world here because I can't just shave my head. Why not? Well, A, I'm going to be making videos to uh, be on NFL Network, and I don't think they want me to have bald hair on the network. You could rock a shaved head. I think you could pull it off. I could not. I cannot. My head is no. I mean, I guess I've never seen my bald head, but no, I cannot. There's one way. There's got to be an Instagram filter 
that'll give you a bald head. I'm sure there is. You should go try it out and then send me a picture. And I promise I will definitely tweet it out. I have way too big of cheeks for a bald head. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can't do it. You need to have a slim, you know, you got to go with the slim face. I don't got that. Yeah. You got to have the oval head like me. My head is a friggin' oval, but it's very slimming. Yeah. I don't have the oval head. If I shaved my head, I would look like an egg. So I'm not looking forward to that. And my wife would hate it, but I would still do it because I'm here for the people. I'm a man of the people, Michelle. Maybe you have to like grow a crazy mustache and keep it for the whole off season or something. It would take me the whole off season to grow a mustache. <laughs> but we'll, yeah. I, look, I'm just being honest. I would, again, I would do it and it would be terrible, but I'm willing to sacrifice for the people, but write in, tell us what you think we should do. And we will definitely pick a winner. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please continue, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Make sure you join us live right after the game on Saturday on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, Twitter page, and my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. Michelle, go Niners. And I hope that Tarverius Moore has an awesome game just to stick it to you. Listen, I hope so too, because we're screwed if he doesn't. Uh, so I'm, I'm rooting for him to not allow the easiest of touchdowns, but it just seems to be what he does. Uh, and no, I'm excited for the 49ers. Watch my Steelers if you get a chance. They play at 6 p.m. on Saturday. See if, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky can step up or Kenny Pickett with his tiny hands can have another good game. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'll be looking forward to. I like that you just snuck a we in there when talking about the 49ers. There you go. We're, we're yeah, slowly yeah. converting you. Hey, my 49ers t-shirt. I'll wear it next week. Uh, um, my Debo t-shirt, my new Debo yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, the, uh, the Debo homage t-shirt. Shout out to them for hooking you up. Yeah, they're. Uh, I'm going to wear it next week. I'll give them a full shout out and let you know where you can go get it. But it's a sick shirt. Uh, just... I don't know. I needed 49ers gear and they came through for me. And it's awesome. Hey, homage. I'm just saying. I'm not above shameless promotion, okay? I like 49ers stuff too. Just just throwing it out there. Who couldn't use another 49ers shirt? All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye y'all.